Welcome to The Great Unlearn. Join me, your host, Cal, as we dive deep into understanding and undoing the programming within us. Let's find your inner truth for a life with newfound purpose and freedom. Get ready to question it all in The Great Unlearn. Welcome back, folks. This week, I welcome on another brother of mine, Aaron Alexander who's based out of Venice, California. He is a manual therapist. He's a movement coach. He's an author of the book, The Aligned Method, Five Movement Principles for a Stronger Body, Sharper Mind, and Stress-Proof Life. If you followed me on Instagram at all, you've seen me post about this in my story and my feed back in December and January. It's been an amazing book. It's very easy to read. It takes a lot of these maybe more complex movement principles, connects them to other parts of our lives in a very easy way for most of us to understand. Aaron loves to say that the way to obtain obtain true optimal health is through aligning our mind, our body, and our movement. And that book is a great representation of that, as is his podcast, which is phenomenal. He always has on great guests. And now from Aaron's website, I'm going to share a little bit of what what Aaron has to say. He's helped the world's top athletes and celebrities, as well as everyone in between, relieve their physical and mental pain. After working with clients and spending years traveling the world, being immersed in various cultures, he's come to the conclusion that the healthiest people are not from gym cultures. Maybe a shocker to some of you, and it would have been a shocker to me a couple years ago, but I've come to learn otherwise. Now, instead, these people, the healthiest among us, utilize each moment as an opportunity to move their body, to strengthen their mind, and live holistically. And we talk about that in this podcast. Enjoy this episode, and we'll talk soon. On to the Great Unlearn news. As always, I strongly recommend you go to the Great Unlearn to sign up for my weekly newsletter, The Sunday Sync. I'm really starting to catch my stride with this sucker. I'm getting a lot of great feedback. And so it's going to keep coming out for y'all. So be sure to sign up for that. Also, I want you to be on the lookout for a few things. Merchandise is on the way. We're just putting the finishing touches on that. As well, I'm starting to open up the calendar for coaching calls. I'm calling them clarity calls. The idea is that we're going to sit down and we're going to talk about what's coming up for you and we're going to allow you to get clear on what your path is. I'm there to help facilitate this in you, not give you answers, but we're going to pull that out of you. Uh, Believe me, it's really powerful. Uh, And if you feel called to this, go to my website and sign up for a session. I'd love to talk to you. Okay, last and certainly not least, we're going to talk a little great unlearned business. First, I want to talk about my friends over at Ritual Zero Proof. They have come up with an alcohol alternative. They have a gin, a whiskey, and a newly rolled out tequila. There is no carbohydrates in the tequila or the gin, and the whiskey is very low carb, non-GMO, gluten-free. And let me tell you, let me read some of these botanicals off for you. In the tequila... Blue agave flower, Mexican lime, tropical guava, cracked sea salt. Didn't know there was such a thing. Charred oak, mesquite smoke, black peppercorn, capsicum fruit, prickly ash, green bell pepper. Okay, amazing stuff. They've done a really good job with this. Turns out they were the number one selling non-alcoholic spirit in April for Amazon. My favorite, as I've said before, is the Paloma. Four ounces of grapefruit soda. I like to substitute the grapefruit spindrift. Two ounces of Ritual Tequila Alternative. And then a half an ounce of fresh squeezed lime. I also like the gin and tonic with just a splash of Blue Ash Farm Real Gin. Okay, it gives it a little extra pep. 
actually had one yesterday when I recorded a podcast with my wife, Peyton. It was excellent. If you're a non-drinker, this drink is for you. You get to enjoy the ritual of having a cocktail while your friends, family, others are having the real thing. And so for me, it's been great. I've tipped into a few regular ones as well, which, you know what? Done in moderation feels really good. But if you do like to have a few cocktails, Ritual is a great tool to curb the cocktail consumptions. Or what my buddies over at Ritual like to say, it's a great third drink option to give your night just a little more runway, make you feel better in the morning. Go to the checkout at ritualzeroproof.com. Use Great Unlearn for 20% off. Again, go to ritualzeroproof.com. Coupon code Great Unlearn for 20% off. Yeah, and that's up for what they normally give. Okay, so you're welcome, folks. Now, I mentioned Blue Ash Farm. What is Blue Ash Farm? Blue Ash Farm is a spirit brand launched by one of my old trading buddies, Bill O'Donnell, who left the business and found his true calling on his farm up in Wisconsin. Now, again, as I said, I really have cocktails nowadays, rarely. But when I do, you can be assured they are Blue Ash Farm spirits. The current lineup includes three bourbons. One is traditional. That's the one I'm making my wife Peyton her old fashions. Thanks for the recipe, G. She loves it. He has a honey bourbon comes from the bees on his farm and a maple bourbon that comes from the trees on his farm. Amazing. Now, additionally, Bill has created one of the most incredible gins I've ever tasted. And honestly, you've never smelled anything like it. As I've said before, it's so botanical. It's beautiful. Word to the wise, be careful. You got to remember there's no alcohol and it's so smooth. Pay attention. Now, the collection is finished off with a vodka and a cherry vodka. The cherry vodka, as I've mentioned before, is my mom's favorite. She loves the cherry mule. It is made with, it's it's very simple. It's the cherry vodka, some ginger beer, and some lime juice squashed, uh, fresh squeezed from a half a lime. The cherry vodka is actually made with real cherries from Wisconsin. That's why it's red, folks. Remember, your vodkas, if they're flavored, should be the colored of the fruit that they're getting their flavoring from. Otherwise, is it really flavored from that fruit? Hmm. Anyway. Follow Bill in Blue Ash Farms at BAF Spirits on Instagram and watch Bill pour several different cocktails from this amazing collection. These spirits are currently available in Wisconsin and Illinois, coming soon to Texas. They have gotten approval. It's just a matter of getting them in the stores. So if you are near a Specs or you want to hop on the phone and call your local Specs and plead for them to start stocking this product in their shelves you're going to be happy. Full disclosure, I do have a small investment in Blue Ash Farm, but as anyone who knows me can attest, you won't hear me sharing anything with my tribe that I don't 100% believe in. You have my word. Now enjoy this episode. Much love. Dude, it's happening. So in, in Austin, we, we tried to make it happen. It was a tight window. Yeah. And um, me being, you know, new to this game, I, I was not comfortable. I needed to be prepared. I didn't have all my shit set up. And so now I'm, I'm somewhat prepared and I have my shit set up. And so, so now we begin. So anyway, Aaron Alexander, uh, geez, I guess we met probably about a year and a half ago in Sedona. We actually met before that at Paleo FX. You wouldn't have remembered. I was with Kyle. We met briefly in passing. And then we met in Sedona, like really met. We yeah. came together. And in fact, the first night that we met, we embraced. And then moments later, you introduced me to Hape. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. And so, and just for the 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 listeners out there, because a lot of my listeners aren't familiar with Hape. Can you kind of explain yeah. what? Uh, yeah. So it's like, a, it's kind of like a something that's used in various different uh, shamanic cultures and uses as like a, a um, way of essentially kind of a, what I find it valuable for myself as a way of like resetting, you know? And so essentially it's like 
blend of tobacco and sometimes ash and there's a sometimes other different plants that are in it as well and then uh you will actually blow it up your nose and it's if you use enough of it it can actually have like like uh psychedelic effects which mm-hmm. is which is interesting um but typically it's a, a really powerful tool for uh, one either like activating some medicine that that's perhaps shaman is working with um, or two for me just like a, a way of grounding you know so when you're using it it's like whatever you were thinking about um, there's not much option other than um, coming back to presence when you're using such yeah, substances it, and there are two ways to have it be administered self-administer which is um, an apparatus that is basically looks like a I don't know, like a check mark almost, right? Yeah. And you kind of blow into it and you blow it up your own nose. Or how we did it, you actually delivered it to my yeah. nasal passage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah which I thought was a beautiful kind of experience to share when, you know, again, we had just met. Um, yeah. and it really kind of set our, our bond into motion. Mm. So that was super cool. Yeah, so great. With anything, uh, having the opportunity to um, like be taken care of and and our culture is very autonomous, like do it myself type thing. Oof. And so having a, a, a moment like that of any sort, that's just a, an example of saying like, okay, cool. Like you got me for this moment. Um, that in and of itself can be really helpful for people. Especially, you know, as men, that, that, that sense of autonomy is, I think even uh, to a, to a larger degree than women, or at least in my experience, it seems to be. And to just that complete act of surrender yeah. to another another man to say here i'm in your care and just to oh, yeah. receive that um is definitely goes against kind of that uh i think the way our culture is has uh, defined masculinity in some ways yeah yeah it's like you moments like that can be very helpful of any sort whatever that you know the pop a can be metaphor for any, a lot of other things um but the need to walk through the world with this contraction or almost like armor around yourself Mm. um it's you know it's a belief system that has served the person for however long it served them like it's a really helpful thing at some point um there might have been a moment or many moments in that person's life where they actually really did need that and um i think it's when the person is ready to be less armored uh then it's great you know, and it's an interesting question is, is like, have I been carrying armor for, uh, you know, far longer than what is necessary? Or do I even, do I even forget that I have been wearing armor, you know, since past this point that it, it was not serving me anymore? And so that's always an interesting question. Sometimes you can see that come up with people when they're like not really prepared to be taken care of in a moment. Mm. You know, so I do like acro yoga is a thing that I do with with people. It's a, kind of like a Thai style body work meets acrobatics meets yoga ness, and uh, you know, so flipping people upside down and twisting them and turning them and all that stuff. That's like a, a huge practice for uh, you know most people in surrender and letting go and all that and trust. And uh, a lot of very interesting mm, little armorings, you could say, oftentimes end up. Surface, surfacing during those times were like, oh, I had no idea that I had such an issue trusting people, mm. you know, and then I had that moment of releasing and giving in to this relationship, this little micro relationship, we're going acro yoga right now. Uh, and after that point, you're like, oh, wow, like I haven't really trusted somebody like that for, you know, maybe six months or six years or anything. And it's like, a, it's an interesting question to ask, like, do I, what kind of armor do I have up? Yeah, well, that's, and is it serving me? Well, it's, <laughs> well, that's that's uh, very appropriate for for me uh, in this conversation. Is that it was what came to my awareness after several years of of having that armor up and and seeing how it manifested in a disconnect with my relationship with my wife. Of yeah. you know, we're almost married twenty years now, and and I was doing the things that I was supposed to be doing as a husband that you know society would say that you would say on the outside, like, oh, you're a great husband, you're showing up you're present in these ways, but there was a, a disconnect because of this armoring. And I noticed that, uh, you know, obviously that, that it's not just with the one relationship and it kind of, it closed me off really um, in a lot of ways 
emotionally and spiritually, I had my dogmas about what I believed and I wasn't open to really others' ideas. And, and as I physically started to let go of that stuff, I really stopped the, uh, the intense CrossFit style training. I mean, almost to the point where I wasn't doing anything yeah. and allowed my body to, to soften. And yeah. in that was, uh, it, it allowed for me to create, a, obviously, a better connection with my wife. But it was this, my whole mind opened up and my heart opened up. And so I was ready to receive kind of anything with, uh, okay, well, maybe that's true. Yeah. And that's, and that's been part of my kind of... Uh, emancipation in some ways from that armoring. So I'm glad, glad you brought that up. But one thing you mentioned that, again, I think I, I wouldn't mind just having you speak to it a little bit is this idea of grounding, because I think that is a concept uh, for my listeners that it, it sounds a little bit like, well, what the, what the hell is grounding? What does that mean? And so when you say it helps you ground, why would you need to ground and what exactly is grounding to you? So throughout the day, uh, Anytime a person is feeling out of like being in the present moment, you know, so we're like stuck on um, thinking about, you know, what's going on in the future, what's going on in the past. We're just kind of like almost like you could think of a pair of spectacles and imagine putting on someone's glasses where you kind of, it's, there's like a blurry vision going through it. And you, you go through and it's just like, oh man, I can't, can't see anything in that image. Um, bringing that's essentially what happens every time you leave your body in that instance of looking into what's happening in the future and the you know ruminating over the past whatever it is so you have this clarity in the present moment where you see everything as it is and you know you're kind of like equanimous to the world you know you take it's like in that place it's that's a very clear state of vision uh which i'm you know i'm in process of figuring out how to how to keep myself in that place more often mm -hmm. and be okay when that when the vision gets blurry as well mm -hmm. um you know but grounding i would say is anything that brings you back into bringing clarity in those spectacles you know so when the spectacles get blurry uh you're probably feeling pretty ungrounded mm -hmm. when the spectacles get clear and you feel well and you feel um I think beyond all of the anxiety or depression or greed or comparison or any of those things, I think behind behind all of that is pretty much the same thing. I think it's just like a whole bunch of love, you know, and there's a whole bunch of God and a whole bunch of you mm -hmm. know, light and all those things behind all of those, those little contractive bits. Yeah. You know, and so I think that there's certain things that we can do, like maybe take, just taking a walk. Yeah. Throughout the day, looking up into the clouds, you know, paying attention as you're washing dishes, just noticing like the warmth of the water on your hands, noticing the sparkle of the bubbles if you're if there's bubbles on it, you know, with the sunlight, uh, yeah. noticing the ambient sound in your environment, noticing the pressure of your feet against the ground. Uh, all of those will bring a person back into uh, this miracle of now. And, uh, if a person really truly is in that place and their bandwidth isn't being pulled and scattered in all these different thousand different directions, um, then I think that they're going to feel, you know, feel pretty good, pretty grounded. Mm, I love that. It's, it was about to ask you about maybe some, some ways that, that, you know, the listener can ground and you just, yeah. you've done this before. So that was awesome. Yeah, I appreciate right. that. Yeah. But anyway, let's, let's talk a little bit about your background. Cause I want to talk about the book that you've, you've put out, uh, the Align Method. Uh, a lot of my listeners will know about this already because there is, we're going to be doing a giveaway and uh, I've obviously that. posted about it because it's had such a big impact on my life cool. um, in just Great. the way, uh, the readability and the accessibility to the different ways to move uh, that to me previously seemed really challenging. and I just didn't want to do them. I wanted to do the things I was normally doing. Yeah. So you painted a, a really, I think, a beautiful picture in why it's important, the science behind it, and how to do it in a really easy way. And so before we get into all that, um, I do want to express uh, my gratitude for you actually doing the book. Thanks. Um, because I feel, like I said, um, deeply called to it. And uh, if people don't read it, it's almost like it doesn't exist. So 
yeah. your appreciation is a part of the book. Like you are the book. Well, I'm glad that we waited until now because when we were going to do the podcast before, it was it was on pre-order. And so now oh, that yeah, I've had a, yeah, yeah, right. I've had a chance sucked. to sit with it, right. literally. Yeah. Uh, and so uh, give us a little bit of your background. And um, it's so interesting. You're a movement coach, but but in the way that I know you, and the book certainly lays out like movement coach feels like it's like this little tranche of like one of the many things that you do. And so I'm curious, have you ever considered like maybe redefining that? Because I, I think in some ways, um, it just touches on one of the things that you do. Yeah. Well, so I think that something like that, in, in, so technically my background is manual therapy and educating people about movement. And along the way, um, you know, I've just been going through my own experience of learning about, uh, this human experience, you know, and, and some of the, the movement components, what I've become really interested in, and I think what you're alluding to is how, uh, they impact the way that we think, the way that we feel, uh, you know, when we can start to speak into, to the deepest layers of ourselves through our our physical form, you know, and you can speak into your physical form through all those other layers as well. Cause it's, it's like two ends of the same rope. Mm-hmm. So what I've become really fascinated with over the years is just that kind of like that mind body relationship. Mm-hmm. And I find teaching or coming from the place of, of movement to be like an easy handle for people to grab onto. Oh, that's you know, beautiful. So yeah. You know, so it's like, if I'm, if I try to start claiming some type of, life coach movement shaman that's what came to mind because that's like it's this whole encompassing no offense to shaman out there but like it's uh i could see where that becomes uh it almost segregates a little bit of like who you're gonna be yeah and i don't really honestly care that much this might sound sound like not the way i want it to sound but i don't care that much about as much what i care the most about are the people that don't already hear these things you know, so the people that are already listening to all the podcasts and the people that are already, you know, reading or even writing the articles and all that stuff, like they're great, but they're taken care of. You know, so if you know what a shaman is, yeah. you know, not that I, I mean, whatever, or even if you know what, sure. it, if, you, if you like see a personal trainer, or, you know, people like that, I'm like, oh, that's great. But like they're tended to, you know, what I'm really interested in is the people that aren't so tended to, you know, and that was the reason that I wrote the book in such a simplistic way. Um, you know, and it's, I mean, it's not just simplistic. It's like taking fairly complex principles and philosophy and even religion sometimes and various different, different topics and making them accessible and bite-sized for like, you know, literally like any truck driver or any, anybody that's just not hip to those types of, that type of jargon. Mm -hmm. You know, so within, as far as the question of like movement coach or why continue leading with movement. Um, because I think that people need help with movement and it's, and it's a accessible door to enter. And once I start giving, you know, claiming a bunch of different doors, then there's like the paralysis by analysis from my perception, you know? So I'm like, here, just like your neck hurts. Let's talk about it. You know? And from there, then, then that will lead into whatever it leads to. But first thing it's like, okay, what's going on? Oh, your back hurts. Okay, cool. Oh, you feel really anxious, you know, or you feel like, you know, just like, hazy and kind of sloppy in your body it's like okay cool like let's just talk about that let's figure that out you know and then we can start talking about you know hoppe and all the things not that i don't care if anybody does hoppe actually i don't actually i go in and out of of finding value in hoppe myself honestly but that's that's why i stay with it's simple a beautiful explanation and uh it it resonates with me especially because i i think with this podcast in particular for me um, as much as I want guys like you and Kyle to listen to it, yeah. it's, it's not really for you. It's, it's for me to bring in those people that I've learned from, continue to learn with, and, and try to create an awareness, maybe an awakening in, and we were talking about this before, like my, my avatar, if I had an avatar, it's, it's me two to three years ago when I'm like, no, something's not right, but I have no idea where to turn. Mm. And I'm just struggling with like, I should be super fulfilled right now because I did all the things that society laid out. Do you do these and you're going to be successful and fulfilled? And, 
and I wasn't. Yeah. And, and so I, I, I love that you talk about that because I, I, I get, I kind of get that message. Yeah. Not that I'm trying to put on some special title for myself either. Um, but I get it. Like I, I want to appeal to a lot of folks um, and not speak in a kind of a woo-woo way that starts to shut off a, a, a part of the audience that I think could really benefit from conversations like we're having today. Yeah. Yeah. So I appreciate that that explanation. But anyway, back, let's hear about your background. How did you get to, in, as, in, in any way that you'd like to tell us, how did you get to where you are today? Mm. Well, um, in what sense? You mean from like a, making a book type sense and from like a physical sense and from like a... I know the sense? backstory about um, how your training really informed, like you, I look at you in, in ways as like the wounded healer. And I think I mentioned this in one of the posts and I love that. It's like a guy who... Uh, you went through all the bodybuilding uh, based upon certain ideas about what it was going to do for you. Yeah. And through through living that life, you you came around to something that is much more uh, attuned, I think, to who you are. And it's created, like that experience has probably been a big impact, had a big impact on where you ended up today. And so it's like kind of beautiful to go through those, like all the injuries you had. And yeah. I think just like that, just to kind of maybe give a little background on that. So I've been, I kind of went through like an interesting stage of, of um, called like anhedonia or, or like just feeling like very apathetic or almost like numb to, to all emotion, uh, which was an interesting experience in like high school. And uh, that was around a similar time that I was like puffing up and doing my best to create as much, physical guarding as possible mm -hmm. on the form of, of, you know, just adding muscle. And, you know, that was a response to like home life stuff and various different things. And, um, or it could have been, I mean, that's, a, that's, it seems like a likely story that that was response to that. And, um, yeah, I mean, that was during that time of putting so much emphasis on just like my physical body um, and not just my physical body, but just the parts that I can see and not really paying so much attention to the parts behind, you know, so like the back and the, the hips and, you know, all the, all the parts that kind of actually keep the structure together. Oh, and probably internally, right? Like literally inside the body. I don't know about you, but that was something that I've been able to askew because at times I look at the physical, I'm like, oh, I'm good. Yeah. Now you like shit. And it's like, well, so why don't I feel good? Yeah, and then why do I eat like shit in the first place? You know, for I think for the most part, a lot of that has more to do with like self worth issues, mm -hmm. you know, than than the actual hey, I'm a you know addicted to this or that. I think when a person feels um, in alignment with their own self worth, um, then it only makes sense to feed yourself the highest quality food. It only makes sense to surround yourself with the highest quality people and have this highest quality thoughts streaming through your mind and be in the highest quality, like all the things, you know, so you kind of based off of your own belief system, um, that will dictate those symptoms of what you choose to eat and all that, you know, so, um, yeah, I went through an interesting stage of being like, just very, just focused on that superficial part that people can see. And then during that time, learned that uh, you can only do that for so long before the parts start kind of falling off. And so I ended up going through all sorts of different injuries and all, having all sorts of issues. And uh, that was such a gift because that led me, it forced me into needing to learn like more of like a subtler path uh, and a path of listening, you know, which I'm still in process of. I still do a lot of like jamming and forcing. Um, but it was such a gift, you know, like all this thing, I think like literally like everything throughout a person's life, there's no good or bad. It's just all of the story that you tell around it. And I feel like all of like the terrible in quotation things that seemingly have like transpired in my life or like pain or injuries or anything like that. Um, all of that was just such a gift because it was actually what uh, changed my trajectory into something that I think actually has, is more meaningful. Um, you know, and so then that's, that's been the transition of like, I moved to Hawaii and 
got into like jujitsu and got into, went to massage school and started studying psychology, went to UH out there and went to the Rolf school and then went to cranial sacral school and then went to visceral manipulation school and all these different, you know, and then traveled around the world and looking around the world from this different lens that I gathered through all of those like wounds, essentially. Mm. All the wounds are very valuable. That's beautiful. Um, and, and can you bring it home a little bit for the listener too, just so I love what you said about um, there's no good or bad really in our life. Uh, it's just the story we tell around that. And so what might that look like for someone listening today? That Well, anything. I mean, if you, so sometime, I was thinking of this with um, hating someone. You know, if you hate someone, um, you hate yourself. Like that's, that's, if you carry hate, that's an emotion that you carry and you actively, sometimes it makes people feel good to hate. You know, if I hate somebody, then it's like, it's almost like raises them up. It's like, that's a bad guy. So that means that I'm a good guy because mm, of the whole the polarity. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm good because fuck them. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like that person, once you have some transaction of any sort with some person, um, after that, it's your responsibility what you do with it and during it and before it. You know, but after that, if there's some like, oh, oh, that person is like, yep, that's you. That yeah. person's not real. The person's not there anymore. Right. You know, there's just you and this motion that you're carrying. Yeah. That could be causing you some form of inflammation or some form of headaches or some form of acne or maybe some form of cancer even. That buildup of, oh, I hate them. Oh, oh, and then this person, what they did to me. Oh, has all you, 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 you. Yeah. You know, or me, 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 me. You know, it's, it's the person. You know, so we have the option to see the world in whatever lens we, we choose to. Um, and I think most of us don't, probably even me underneath like deeper layers, I don't even realize it. Um, you know, intellectually, I get it, I think though. You know, and so it's, you have a choice to see a person if they're, conducting themselves in some way that you don't approve of or whatever. Um, or maybe they're, you know, legitimately being a dick. Um, underneath all of those contractive patterns is, again, I think a bunch of love, light, and God and all that stuff. And on top of all that love, light, God stuff, um, there can be, you know, people acting like a real jerk and flicking you off in traffic and stealing from you and doing all these different things. But all of those patterns, what they actually are is that person acting out of some form of fear. And so if you can see that and recognize that, okay, cool, that's like, you know, young Cal or young Aaron, you know, oh, little Cal, little Aaron, Mm. you know, this is what's, wow, you're acting up, you know, great. You know, like this is how sweet. And it's unconscious in a lot of ways, this, like the way we, when we, when I act like a dick, right. It's usually not like I'm trying to act like a dick. It's, it's just where I'm at. I'm not, again, maybe I'm not feeling, I'm arguably, I'm not feeling good about me. And so there's this fear mechanism and then I'm acting out without really any awareness about what the hell I'm doing, but I'm just going through that. And so to flip that around, when someone else is acting that way, if you can have that, if you can just put yourself in their shoes, like I've fucking been like that and have, I guess, just that empathy and understanding because I love what you talked about. This stuff manifests physically in disease within us when we hold on to these things, these contractive patterns, as you say. And when we forgive, quote unquote, forgive someone or accept them, it has nothing to do with them. It's all about us releasing. You're releasing shackles on yourself. Yeah, and I think that's, it's interesting people, and, and again, I've been through this myself. I don't want to forgive someone because of quote unquote something they did, but it's again, has nothing to do with them. Yeah. I want to let them off the hook. They can still be accountable for their actions. It's not like you're saying like, you can just go, you know, rob the store and have no, uh, you know, kind of penalties for that. But at the same time, this forgiveness or acceptance is really about yourself versus kind of uh, granting someone some supreme grace that, you know, a lot of us just don't have the ability to do on that, like kind of Ram Dass level, right? Yeah. yeah. And nor, I mean, you don't need to either. Like nobody needs to do anything. Um, you don't need to exercise. You don't need to give a shit about your thoughts. You don't need to give a shit about anything, really. Like no one has any obligation to do anything. And I think that we can get ourselves in almost like a double bind of sorts of 
feeling the, the obligation to do something, but not actually really like feeling it in our hearts to do that thing. And uh, I think there's also space to like accept your humanness, you know, and be like, yeah, that person sucks. Fuck that person. Like, yep, fuck that person. Yeah. You know, like that's okay too. That's beautiful. No, and I think that's, um, I think when, when, I know for me, when I went into kind of went down this road, this kind of spiritual awakening, and you're reading the Eckhart Tolle's and the, you know, the Ram Dass and, and Ajishante's and you see this supreme grace, as I said earlier, and you want to live up to that, but you, you're just, it, it's years and years and it's, it's a shift in just the way of being and the embodiment is, is such a challenge. But I think what you said is like, just, just allow for whatever is happening to happen because that's what's happening. Yeah. Don't put a judgment on it. Don't wish that you were some other way. You are how you are and you can be aware of it and continue to work on it. But um, I think so often we want to hold ourselves to a high standard. That's really uh, an unfair and unlikely one to be able to live up to at that given moment. So. Yeah. Yeah, you don't know what, if you look in like the human body at a microscopic level, you could see, a, you know, a white blood cell attacking some pathogenic bacteria or, you know, vice versa. There could be some cellular apoptosis, like cellular suicide happening in some lung cell or something. You look at it at close up level and be like, oh my God, this is like terrible. This is devastating. We need to stop this. this we can't have this. We can't have this, this, this war, this battle. Um, but then you span out and you're like, oh, okay, cool. It's like all a part of it. You know, it's completely fine. Like that's, that's, that cell committed suicide, mm. you know, like it was, it was great. It was, it was perfect. Like, wow. When you, when you go out to 30,000 feet and look down, you're like, okay, cool. Everything's going as it needs to, you know? And then I think within that, you know, the human body can be sick. And the cells can start, you know, maybe going through like some type of autoimmune disease or something like that, where it's like, oh no, they're like, it's going far. You know, they're like, they're really destroying the whole system. Maybe that experience is exactly what that person needs in order for them to learn the lessons that they need in this form. Um, you know, I don't know, I don't know the, the answer of when, you know, do people need to get murdered in the streets and do people need to get kidnapped and tortured and raped and all that stuff mm. um yeah i don't know i don't know if that's if that's absolutely necessary or if that's some if there is such a thing as like i don't know in the world if there is like such a thing as putting something in a bad can and a good can you ever think about that i have I've thought about it a lot in fact um you know you've had peter crone on your podcast and i've listened to a few of his and i think he's does a, a kind of beautiful job of articulating that just how we, there's like no, again, no good or bad in the world until we put our shit on it and start to judge it. And, and um, so much of our behavior, unfortunately, is based out of kind of past hurt or past trauma. And it's like, we're trying to avoid it in a lot of ways as we go forward versus what he talks about a living from like a soul level and just seeing everything in front of you as just pure possibility. Yeah. And, and it's, again, it's, it's difficult to embody because we've had years and years and generations of this programming of how we're supposed to be. And what I found, and it's certainly not news to anybody is that a lot of that programming is super fucked up. And so it's like about unpacking that stuff and starting to, try to live on that quote-unquote soul level. It's just living from this place of things are things are are happening. And it's not necessarily they're happening to you. In a lot of ways, I, I have tried to adopt this, that they're happening for you. And it's hard when it's shitty. Mm-hmm. Quote-unquote, objectively, it's like a shitty thing that's happening. Yeah. But what's the greater lesson? I mean, recently, you know, obviously, we're out in LA and on on Sunday, Kobe Bryant passed away and, and his daughter did. And obviously there were others in the in the helicopter, but did that have to happen right then and there? I, I, I don't know that answer, but what I, I do know for me personally is that I gained a much greater appreciation for Kobe the man and the father and the competitor and the person than if he would have lived to be 90 and died of old age. Yeah. I, I mean, in kind of making a judgment call there, but I, I, what I've learned about him 
in this past four or five days has been remarkable. And it's made me reassess, you know, how I want to go forward. And maybe I need to be a little bit more intentional. Like he was super intentional about every stage of his life. He had heard him talk on a podcast that, you know, he won the, uh, the Oscar for Deer Basketball. And he's like, listen, I didn't just stop basketball, get into this and win an Oscar. For 15 years while I was playing basketball, we were on, you know, on a bus going to a game. I'm reading Joseph Campbell to learn how to write a story arc. Fucking blew my mind. Like he was doing that for years while he was playing. Like here's a guy who, and he said he learned that from, he learned a lot from Michael Jordan, but he learned that from Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson's career was all laid out. Lady Gaga, that didn't just happen. Like she had it all planned out. Yeah. Um, and so, again, I don't think I would have ever, ever, ever gathered that type of wisdom, certainly from him, had that not happened. And again, I don't wish that to happen at all. I don't, I don't want to get that twisted, but um, things do happen. And it's like, we can actually pull some, quote unquote, goodness out of it if we want to. Yeah, it's always choice. I think the balance is like, if you are living from a more soul-based level, um, then sometimes the right thing to do is to stand up for that person being tortured or being raped or being whatever and not just stand back passively and say, oh, like, you know, so it is. Anicha, Anicha. You know, it's like, well, maybe like so it is, is you being the person to stand the fuck up and make a difference. Mm. You know, so I think that there's a, you can be a little bit too much of like a sterile, soft, kind of new age hippie perspective mm-hmm. where they can get confused. It's like, no, you need to fight that motherfucker. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. No, not, just a great point. Like, you need to defend yourself, you know, and you like practice warfare, you know, don't lead with warfare, but like have an artillery, you know, and be like, if there is something that's deemed like evil in quotations, that's coming to pillage your community, like buck the fuck up. Mm. You know, like, yeah. it's like, it's not just like, okay, well, I'll let you just mow me over because, you know, I'm spiritual. It's like, no, no, no. Yeah. Mm-mm. Because I'm spiritual, I'm going to fuck you up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no. And it, you, you talked about it earlier when you talked about the armoring. And, and, and I, what I love, personally, what I love what you said is it served you well when you, you know, through your life. And, you know, I know that when I realized I was armored up, I, I, I had some sense of like, almost like shame around it. Like, how could I have been so armored up? Like the wars, like, but no, the idea is to be discerning with it. So when you are being attacked, put that armor on and it's ready to go. But when you're not, like lay the armor down and be the lover, or be whoever, whatever the archetype needs to be given yeah. the situation. Yeah, you're going to be comfortable through the whole spectrum. Yeah. That's important. So let's get to your book. I don't. I mean, we're kind of short on time, and so I really want to talk about this book. Yep. As I said earlier, um, big time lack of mobility. Uh, I've always enjoyed training. I've never enjoyed the warming up, stretching, any of that stuff. Recently, after reading uh, not all your book, but I got through probably half of it. Cool. I started to introduce many things. Floor sitting for one, um, and just a side note. My, uh, I have a couple dogs and a pig and they love to go to the door and bark when someone goes by. And so my wife and three kids are amazing at ignoring them, but I can't. It just fucking annoys me when they bark. And so I'm the one who has to go open the door. And then when they want to come back in 30 seconds later, I got to go open the door again because we don't have a doggy door. So now that I've started to put into practice this floor sitting, when the dogs, they, they went to the door this one particular day and I got up and I was like, motherfucker, Aaron would be so proud right now because I'm getting up to open the door. That's I'm going point. back down to sit down. And when they come back in 30 seconds, I'm getting up again. And so let's talk about the that type of um, kind of movement, right? Yeah. And, and again, I, I am so grateful because that was something that really bothered me. And now I see it truly as a gift that I get, I get to get up because yeah, it gets me off my ass. Yeah. And in a particular static position. So. You bring more awareness into how you get up and how you get back down and how you walk to the door and what's your mental state as you go to the door and what's your breathing pattern, how to you use your eyes. You know, all of those are tied back into your autonomic state and your whole physiology. Mm. You know, so as you're in that 
position, you know, sitting down on the ground as opposed to like sitting at 90 degrees in a chair, which is a position that you've been, has been the standard since you've gotten pulled out of your developmental patterns as a child and got put back into fetal patterns. So like you go into a stroller and then you go into a car seat, then you go into kindergarten, you sit in a chair and then we hike your heels up with, with high sneakers because we were told by companies that will remain unnamed because I work with them. Um, (laughs) Uh, that, you know, it's going to be a benefit to raise your heels up, which is ridiculous. Doesn't make any sense. Um, you know, and then it's like, that's the pattern that we come from, from the beginning. And now you have this opportunity to do what you've done since forever, since you've been a little kid, what all of your ancestors done forever, what the healthy parts of the world still do. Uh, and take your hips and your ankles and your knees through a full range of motion mm. in the form of doing like the most standard thing that you could possibly do is just sit on your ass. Like there's sitting on your ass is a super healthy thing to do. Sitting is not the new smoking. It's how you sit. Uh, you know, so when you go into a like position like, you know, we're in now, you know, you're Can going, you describe you, it for the people listening? Well, so I'm, I'm just in a sukhasana. So my legs are crossed up, like crisscross applesauce and you've been going back and forth through a couple different positions. So now you're kind of on like a pseudo half sukhasana and then the other knees bent um, and you're alternating back between that. So literally as we're talking, you're circulating fluids through your body. You know, so your body is getting smarter and more well circulated just as a product of sitting here having this conversation. We're also sitting in the sun. You know, we're both took our shirts off. So we've got like the solar panels out. Mm-hmm. You know, so we're creating energy from just being exposed to the sun like this, uh, you know, and so by bringing your legs closer to your heart and sitting, it's actually much better for digestion because it brings your legs, you know, it's, it's easier in the cardiovascular system. Blood's more easily able to be pumped back into your stomach and your heart to be circulated. And so you want to bring your, if you're digesting food, you want to kind of bring your body towards the food. Did not know that. Yeah, so and that's why floor sitting when you're eating is even better. It's a huge deal. Uh, yeah, it's of immense value. Not just that it's it's good for everything. It's it's like an archetypal position of repose is a term we use in the book. Like it's a, a, a auto-tuning mechanism that your whole evolution is founded on. If you leave those positions that you as a human organism have developed through and you just say, oh yeah, we'll just, it's like, it's like saying like, oh, like I don't think the liver has that much function anymore. <laughs> you know, it's like, no, like the liver, you have a liver. Like, you need the liver. It's like it's been there. It's like mm. there's a purpose for it. <laughs> it's like you squatting and going up and down off of the ground. Like, that's what you've done forever. It's like an organ, in a sense, for you. Mm. You know, but it, it's more of like a like a, a facilitator of your organs. Um, you know, and you see cultures that go through their, those ranges of motion. They have minimal to no incidence of osteoarthritis at the hips, at the mm. knees, pelvic floor dysfunction is lower, fall risk just goes away. Um you know, there's, there's an endless list of reasons why just moving up and down off of the ground with regularity is like a no-brainer. That could be like a pun because it's good for brain health as well. Mm. Um, you know, so there's a lot of different reasons. You know, so in the, in the book, The Align Method, I recommend people uh, spend at least 30 minutes a day total, which is very low. I mean, this conversation, you know, would be, you know, 40 minutes or so, or so is what we had time for. Mm. Um, and that's, we've already gone past my, my scheduled allotment for the day. You know, so really, you know, just incorporate, you know, check your emails, check your Instagram or whatever, drink some tea, eat your breakfast, maybe get to get a really comfy rug on the ground, get some floor cushions, get like Moroccan poofs, maybe get a foam roller, throw a yoga mat down someplace, maybe get like a yoga silk, hang it from a you know, uh, mm. your ceiling in some room, you can bang your wife in it or whatever, <laughs> you know, whatever you're into, um, bang your boyfriend, whatever you got. Um, you know, there's all those things. You just need to augment your environment ever so slightly so that it's more conducive for a more movement rich experience. And uh, that's it. Like our environments are structured in such a way that we, we are under moved. Um, and it's not just that we're under moved, it's that we're under moved and repetitively stuck in dysfunctional positions, which eventually leads to a dysfunctional life. Well, it's, uh, first of all, as much as I'd want to kind of start to unpack some of this stuff, it's all in the book. So I'm not, I gotta run really. Yep. Let's, let's wrap it up then. Okay. Uh, it's in the book. Let's, um, I wanted to have you talk about nasal breathing. Briefly. Okay. 
and the benefits of that. And then we'll just wrap this sucker up. Okay. Well, yeah. So, so nasal breathing is, is, a, is a similar thing. It's what like, it's what your ancestry came from. Um, and through breathing through the nose, uh, a handful of things happen. One, it, your tongue acts as a natural retainer for your mouth. Your tongue goes through the roof of the mouth as you're doing it. Um, it constricts your breath slightly. So it opens up, it engages the diaphragmatic muscles. It starts to tell your body that you're like safe and calm and healing. Um, you know, and so when you're in those, when you're just breathing the way your body naturally has forever, uh, sure enough, the body's built to heal. You know, and it's built to be efficient. It's built to work. It's built to be creative and confident and strong and all those things. Mm. And if the body's not that, it's because you have blocks in your life. You know, and so uh, the simple act of starting to breathe through your nose, uh, it makes your whole, not just respiratory system work, work more effectively, but literally your, your structural self will end up coming into better alignment just through beginning the process of breathing a little bit more efficiently. And then that, you know, that there's, there's more layers to it than that. I, I break down like full, like step-by-step step in, in the book on how to get your me- mechanics on point. Um, but breathing through the nose is like a really great foundational starting point. And then also from there, be willing to breathe through the mouth and all that stuff as well. But it's like a fifth gear type experience. You know, when you're maxing out with your breath, you're having sex, you're climbing up a hill or something like that, like it's okay. Um, but if you're just in neutral, then, uh, you, you got a nose breathe. It's just, it's like, it's, it's, it's the way that your body is built to be healthy. Mm. Well, thank you. And, and, and I've, I've engaged in that with, and when I've been riding on the Peloton and some of the kind of mixed modal training I've been doing, it's been a little bit lower intensity and I've really played around with that. So that's cool. been, been awesome. But, uh, we didn't intentionally just give you a snippet here to make you buy the book, but you got to buy the book. Because uh, there's a lot more in it. And like I said, it's very readable. Um, there's a ton of content in there. And it's like, it's very much like an Instagram, like read kind of what you want, what you're called to, and go put it into practice. Uh, we're going to sit down again when you're back out in Austin. And we'll have a part two of this. Um, but thanks for coming on. Where can people find you? Uh, well, the Align Method book is what I care about most about right now and that's like my child essentially so from there there's you can go into the wormholes of everything else yeah. I host the Align Podcast and on Instagram I'm an Align Podcast I have an online program as well and uh, it's like the addendum or the digital version of the book um, so if people are interested in going deeper into self-care and movement and, and lifestyle um, that's that's the place is AlignPodcast.com Awesome. Yeah. And it's, uh, he's a great follow on Instagram and, and again just a, a wealth of knowledge and so grateful for you to come on today, brother. You, brother. I appreciate the time. Thanks for making time. And uh, that's it. Oh. Thanks, brother. Over and out. You've been listening to The Great Unlearn. For more information, please check out the show notes or head on over to thegreatunlearn.com for additional episodes and information regarding events and retreats. If you liked what you heard today, click subscribe and share this with friends that might enjoy our platform. Please leave a five-star rating in iTunes as this really helps us spread our message. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at BunkerCal and on Facebook as John Callahan. Thanks for listening to The Great Unlearn and we'll talk soon.